Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Mono Week Podcast. I'm Steve Seiper. I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing all right. Mets had a, I don't want to say inspirational win, but a, a, a good win. It feels good. Sweep the Pirates. Kind of get I, I back will, in the driver's seat. Yeah, I will say their win on Saturday, despite being fairly easy, was not at all enjoyable to watch. <laughs> No, being being at the park, I'm like, what? This game has had like no action, and I've been here for three hours. The pirates are very bad. Yes, yes, they are. Like, good lord. That's what I kept telling my dad. It's like the pirates aren't trying to win. No, you you should be you know barreling them. Like, well, you can't barrel them if they don't throw any strikes. That's also true. Which they didn't. They're somehow like, they feel like the worst team that isn't trying. (laughs) Do you guys have any recollection of this? Because I don't. I was talking to my mom and I was like, the Pirates are the worst team. Like, uh, they haven't been competitive in my entire lifetime. Apparently they were in the playoffs in like Yeah, they were in the wild card. Yep. I do not recall that at all. They actually had, they were one of the first teams to kind of have like a, what one of the first pitching uh, coach like analytics? Yeah, um, 
Yeah, they got heavy into sinkers before everybody. Right. And then stuck with it way, way, way too long. Yep. Mm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I forget who their pitching coach was exactly, but they like made AJ Burnett good and AJ Burnett, yeah, I remember him being decent. I can't remember. Didn't they fix um Francisco Liriano yeah. was good for them? Um and then of course they also never made anything out of Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole or Joe Musgrove. And they've all gone to be much better. Um, they had McCutcheon and Marte and the other outfielder, Jose Tabata, Pedro Ooh, Alvarez, Josh Bell, Josh Harrison. Uh, the catcher who could hit big dongs but couldn't field at all. Delmit? Uh, after Delmit. Uh, yeah. Playing in Korea. Crud, why can't I remember this? Hmm. God damn it. I gotta look it up because it's gonna bother me. But uh, oh. out, outside of like O'Neill Cruz, this roster, it's just like I and O'Neill Cruz like he had a golden sombrero on, on Saturday, he's gonna strike out. But if O'Neill Cruz doesn't do something, this team their pirates are just like the most boring franchise in baseball. Holy shit. <laughs> I have to give O'Neill Cruz a shout out. I will I will agree with you on Brian Reynolds, but he's good in a very boring way. Oh yeah, right. So like pretty good at everything. Yeah. There. All right. So while you're looking up that catcher, I will start promoting Centrade. And on this day, all the way back in 1796, so going back a couple centuries here, uh, George Washington, he wrote his farewell address to the nation, and it got published, and he retired from the uh, office of the presidency after his second term. Sports, of course, they've had their fair share of emotional retirements and shocking retirements. So what farewells are we going to promote, extend, or trade? And baseball, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many, but I picked baseball specifically. First, we have Lou Gehrig. Retiring due to AOL, ALS and his uh, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth speech in 1939. Next is Sandy Koufax announcing his retirement due to arthritis in 1966, despite literally being the best pitcher on the planet. And last but not least is Roy Campanella getting paralyzed in a car crash right before the... Uh, inaugural Los Angeles Dodgers season and obviously having his career end. That's I feel like the Lou Gehrig one is so iconic that it has to win almost by default here. Um, That's just some East Coast Yankee bias. Though. Yeah, clearly. I mean, I mean, I just hate the Dodgers, obviously. Sandy Koufax, last two years of his career, 10 war, 9.1 war. Good Lord. It's Trabian. Ah, that's insane, man. I don't know uh, if I can trade any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to say inner circle Hall of Famers, but they are all bona fide, yeah, no questions asked. Was, yeah. Tremendously good, uh, and just had his career cut short. He was kind. I think he might have been on the downswing 
not that I want to diminish the tragedy there, obviously, but I think he may, like, his last two years were not particularly good. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, I think, like, 30... 34, 34. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know that he would... Yeah, yeah. I mean, catcher war is weird, of course, so he's still probably a Hall of Famer and whatever else, but I don't know. At, le- at least for, like, he, he... All of these stories... His story is more tragic than Kovacs, but I think it, it's Sandy Kovacs. I gotta put him first, so I would go Garrett, Kovax, Campanella. Mm. I think I'd flip them. Flip Kovacs and Campanella. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Campanella before first, just because it was so sudden. Yeah. I mean, Kovacs are sudden too, but I mean, if he wanted to, he could have kept pitching. He just said, "Screw this, you guys, I'm going home." Yeah, I mean, he basically said, "I'm I want to be able to." Uh, stand up knobs. right i want to be able to be a functional human being for the next 30 years of my life and you know that's fine nowhere near the level of ah oh, shit i was i'm literally paralyzed from a car accident which mm-hmm. <sighs> car, cars are evil folks this is now an uh, infrastructure podcast let me tell you about why cars are the bane of american society mm. hey i like my car Yes, well, we are Americans. <laughs> All right, we will move on to um, uh, the affiliates and the performances this week. First up at Syracuse Mets, and they played the Buffalo Bison. And I said last week that the series between Syracuse and Rochester was the battle for upstate New York, and I completely forgot that Buffalo existed. So, <laughs> you know, I guess it's a three-way for the Kings of upstate New York, but between those three teams, I can tell you Syracuse ain't it because they're just so bad. But they split the series against Buffalo. Um, who I guess three wins, three losses. Yeah, add add those to their uh, tally on the season, and they are 59 and 82, which is 20 games behind the first place Durham Bulls now, not the uh, Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. And they are four games ahead of the Charlotte Knights for dead last in the division. So, out of the basement, it's all we're looking for from them here. Yeah, I mean, Yankees not in first, Mets not in last. You take the little victories, I suppose, especially with this Syracuse roster. Yeah, real bad. Speaking of real bad. Oh, boy. (laughs) Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Oh, boy. What? They played the Hartford Yard Goats and they went two and four. So that dropped them to 25 and 42 in the second half, dead least in the Eastern League Northeast. And with the series loss, the Rumble Pony season is mercifully over. Um, at no point <laughs> in either the first half or the second half did did Binghamton feel even remotely competitive. Uh, they ended the first half with a 28-41 and 41 record, which is 16 games behind the Somerset Patriots. And then they ended the second half 25-42, and 42, which is 19 games behind the Portland Sea Dogs. So between the three of us here right now, we've recapped basically five of the six days that Binghamton played this season. Mm-hmm. Do you guys recall at any point being bullish or optimistic or excited or no. anything about God, Binghamton? No. Yeah. Like, obviously, they had Alvarez and Beatty Mauricio all at one point. But they were always interesting, just right, just terrible. <laughs> right, like, but even with even with all three of those guys rostered at the same time, it was more about being excited for those three guys and their individual yeah. stuff because the team was just so bad everywhere else. 
At no point in your <laughs> rambling, incoherent season did you come anywhere close to something resembling a decent baseball team. Everyone who watched you is now worse off for it. I award you no wins, and may God have mercy on your franchise. Amen. Shout out Billy Madison, um, friend of the pod. Yes. That is true. Come on the pod, Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, Cyclones now, Brooklyn Cyclones. They played the Aberdeen Ironbirds in the South Atlantic League North Division Series. And unfortunately, they lost the series. So the 2022 Brooklyn Cyclones season is over. They won the first game very convincing fashion, 8-1. to one, But then they lost the second game, 6-1. to one, And then they lost game three in a real nail-biter, 5-4. Um, in that last game, Junior Santos was perfect for three innings. And then after the Cyclones took a one nothing lead, things went disastrously wrong. All hell broke loose. And he allowed four runs in the fifth inning to give Aberdeen a 5-1 to one lead. But Brooklyn came roaring back. Stanley Consuegra, he hit a two-run homer to make it 5-3 in the seventh inning. Jose Peroza, he hit a solo homer in the eighth inning to make it 5-4. And then William Lugo led off the ninth inning with a double. So it was like, holy shit, the Cyclones are going to do this. But unfortunately, the next two batters were, they were unproductive outs. Shervin Newton and Matt O'Neill, they both struck out. So two outs, Lugo on second. And Matt Rudick weakly grounded back up the middle to end things. So, oh well, it's unfortunate. I will take this as my latest opportunity to say that Junior Santos is not good. <laughs> we'll talk about him a little later, maybe. But uh, yeah, pitching pitching in this series was really not not uh, good. Jose Moreno was solid in the first game. He gave up run over six innings. Not bad. Quality start. But the other two starters, the aforementioned Santos and Dominic Hamill, they were pretty bad. And the bullpen was fine. They were solid. Um, it sucks though because the bats really, the bats really showed up. The guys that you'd expect, and then a couple of other guys too. Alex Ramirez was four for twelve with a walk, not bad. Stanley Consuegra was three for twelve with a double, a homer, and a walk, so nice. Joe Swazi was three for seven with a triple and a homer. Uh, William Lugo was two for nine with a double and a homer and two walks, and. Definitely the MVP of the of the series from the Brooklyn side anyway was Jose Peroza and he was five for ten with two homers and a walk. So, you know, unfortunately they just weren't able to get one more crucial hit in that last game. But it's a fun season. It was. And like they had a real chance. Like you would have thought they had a good chance in game two with Hamill on the mound. He's been quite good for the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks roughly. Yeah, yeah. Um, after a mediocre start to the season, um, but may either just a bad night, maybe he's running out of gas a little bit. This is first. I'm not crazy, right? This is his first full pro season. Yes, yeah. yes. So I mean, he's uh, uh, drafted from last year. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, time has no meaning anymore. I don't no. remember five minutes ago, but yeah, I mean, sucks. They were a fun team, especially in the second half when they were winning. So. That's, you know, all that matters, I guess. My only so. complaint is that we didn't get to see, like, Parada for three games or something like that. 
Yeah, oh, Brooklyn, well, like I would have liked to, them to say, hey, come DH in the playoffs for shits and giggles, but you know, whatever. Well, he is playing in the playoffs just in St. Lucie, and sure. their playoffs, on the other hand, are, their series went pretty well. Uh, they played the Palm Beach Cardinals, and like we mentioned last week, they were eight and fifteen against Palm Beach during the regular season. But St. Lucie swept the two game. Well, they swept the series two games to none, and they are advancing to the Florida State League Championship Series, which is being played right now as we speak uh, and record. Um, both the St. Lucie's wins was on the back of of good pitching. In Game One, Blake Tidwell he gave them four plus strong innings. And then in game two, Joel Diaz was excellent in relief, um, struck out 11 in six innings, gave him one hit. Definitely the best outing that he's had all year. Um, St. Lucie won 6-1 to one in the first game, and then 3-2 to two in the second game. None of the bats were particularly, no one really stood out, but there are a couple of you know decent uh, performances. Junior Tillian was 3-for-8, he had a double. And Kevin Kendall was three for seven with a double and a triple. So um, they're playing, like I said, they're playing right now. They're playing against the Dunedin Blue Jays. And hopefully, you know, when uh, when the show goes up on Monday morning, St. Lucie is up one game to none. When last I checked, St. Lucie was up two to nothing in the first inning. But Lionel Oveas uh, walked in a run and things were not looking good in the bottom of the inning. So. I don't even want to look until we're done. <laughs> no, not worth it. Can I admit that I always read or say Duned, Dunedin, whatever it is in my head, as Dunedin, as in Dunedin from Lord of the Rings, and uh, <laughs> I cannot break the habit. I always thought it was Dunedin, too. But then I heard Gary Cohen, either during spring training or, or I guess it was spring training since they were down in Florida, say Dunedin, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Dunedin. Aragorn of Dunedin, of Dunedin in <laughs> Florida. Aragorn was Florida man all along. <laughs> what position would Aragorn play? I feel like he's uh, a center field. A right he's a ranger. He mm. has range. That is true. That is true. It would be better if it was, had been uh, Nick Cage, and then it would have been a really great uh, Florida man. For those of you who don't know, Nick Cage was almost cast as Aragorn before they went, but uh, I believe he turned it down, so they went with Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> Thank fucking Christ. Also, almost had Sean Connery as uh, Gandalf, but he didn't understand the role, whatever that means. That's I did not know that. That's interesting. I feel like it's not that difficult to understand. You're playing a wizard. I, I but... believe he chose to do a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen instead. And uh, oh, terrible life choice. <laughs> yep, that was. Am- can, but can you imagine if uh, Gandalf had the Sean Connery accent? Sharmon is turned against us. Sharmon <laughs> wants to get yeah. the ring. Yeah, it's, it would not go well. <laughs> well. That would have fundamentally changed uh, a lot of things. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, go St. Lucie. I'm sorry for derailing us once again. Hey, that's fine. Go St. Lucie. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So, baseball is winding down now. Syracuse has a couple of weeks left to play. They go till the end of the month. Binghamton, they just finished their season today, or yesterday, technically, Brooklyn's playoff run ended on Friday, and St. Lucie is going to be uh, playing in the Florida State League Championship Series this upcoming week, but once that's done, then they are done. Um, in October, though, we will still get some baseball action because the Arizona Fall League is going to be starting up. So for anyone unfamiliar with the AFL, think of it as basically baseball finishing school for six weeks starting at the beginning of October till mid-November. Four pitchers and three position players are sent from all 30 MLB parent clubs to an AFL team. Anybody in the organization is eligible. It used to be that there were certain service time requirements. Um, you know, a certain amount of players had to be from this level, a certain amount had to be from that level. But now, since 2021, it technically it's anybody. The Mets this year are going to be associated with the PRA Avalinas along with the Cleveland Guardians, the Seattle Mariners, the Washington Nationals, and the San Diego Padres. Last year, they were associated with the Salt River Rafters, and a couple of years before that, going as far back as I could really remember, the Scottsdale Scorpions. I think that the Scorpions are the coolest of the three, but Javelinas is pretty cool, though. Rafters, though, is eh, weak. So... Each of those parent teams will send seven minor leaguers to fill the Havelina's roster. The exact names can be changed, obviously, between now and opening day. But as of right now, uh, the Mets have announced the following players are going to be sent to the AFL. Outfielder Stanley Consuegra, right-handed pitcher Grant Hartwig, shortstop Kevin Kendall, outfielder Brandon McIlwain, right-handed pitcher Troy Miller, infielder Luke Ritter, Right-hand pitcher Franklin Sanchez, right-handed pitcher Christian Scott, and right-handed pitcher Mike Vessel. Uh, Consuegra, I think you know everyone out there should be familiar with him. He's a fringe back-end top 25 prospect for a couple of years, um, was consistently hit with big injuries, finally was healthy this year for the entire season, and had a, a pretty solid year with uh, St. Lucie and Brooklyn. He combined to have a 102 WRC plus in 114 games. Oh, excuse me. Uh, 102 in total. It was 114 with low A, St. Lucie, and then 86 in high A, Brooklyn. Uh, Kevin Kendall, he was drafted in 2021 out of UCLA. He missed the majority of the season this year because of a wrist injury right before the season started in spring training. He got a few votes for the back end of our top 25 prospect list in 2022. But he just missed, and a healthy season probably would have landed him on it next year, but obviously he got hurt. So um, He's a fun player. He's kind of got a hit-over-power bat, um, plus speed, 
and he is an average defender at shortstop with college um, experience at second base and in center field as well. So it'll be fun to see him out there. You know, he's been getting into a couple of games at the end of the year now in rehab with um, the complex and then St. Lucie, but he's definitely a guy um, that the AFL will do him some good getting in more reps. Brandon yep. McIlwain, he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, the Mets signed in 2020. He played football and baseball at the University of South Carolina and then Cal Berkeley. He was nothing special last year, but he was solid this year, kind of out of nowhere. Um, in Brooklyn, he had a 137 RC plus and then a 75 in, in Binghamton, good for a 106 total on the year. Um, Troy Miller, he's going to be on the taxi squad, so he's probably not getting much action. I honestly did not know who the hell he was until I looked into it. Um, he was the guy that the Mets traded for in exchange for Jacob Barnes last season in June with the Blue Jays. And then he needed Tommy John after a couple starts. So he's been, you know, out with that, but he is back now. Luke Ritter, he is a 2019 draftee. He was selected at Wichita State. He had a 92 RC plus in three seasons that he's been playing professionally since uh, from short A Brooklyn, high A Brooklyn to double A bingo to triple A Syracuse. He was a hit overpower guy in college, but he's kind of become an all or nothing slugger. Um, more recently, you know, the last two years, he's popped about 15 homers over the last two years. Tons of weak contact though in between the homers. So, uh, Franklin Sanchez, he is a right-handed pitcher. The Mets signed out of the Dominican Republic as an 18-year-old back in October 2019. He skipped of the DSL completely, and he started his career stateside last year. He pitched with the Florida Complex League Mets and St. Lucie in 2021, and then St. Lucie in Brooklyn this year. Um, about half and half is a starter and a reliever. He's a, a purely fastball guy. He really has no breaking ball to speak of. He throws a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball, and a cutter. So, I mean, to really consider a cutter like a, a, an off-speed pitch. Eh. Um, but between the velocity, he does have you know high 90s velocity. And there's decent movement on the cutter and the two-seamer. So he's gotten decent results. This year, he has a 379 ERA in 35.2 innings with over 10 Ks per nine, which is good. But because of the movement and everything, his command is not great, and he's been walking like five batters per nine. So that is definitely uh, an area of improvement for him. Christian Scott, he is a 2021 draftee, one of the many college pitchers that the Mets picked on day two. He's from the University of Florida. He was picked in the fifth round. Uh, I would say he's probably the least heralded of all those college guys, because he really only had one solid season his junior year when he got drafted. Um, he pitched with St. Lucie in Brooklyn this year. He was decent overall. Um, he combined to post a 445 ERA in 58.2 innings with a 3.4 walks per nine, which is all right, and an 11.8 strikeouts per nine, which is pretty good. Mike Vessel. Another one of those 2021 day two college pitchers. He was drafted at the University of Virginia in the eighth round. He had some injury issues this year, which is partially why he had a, a kind of lopsided season. He had a 353 ERA in St. Lucie and Brooklyn. 
and was noticeably better in St. Lucie as compared to um, his time in Brooklyn. But after he got promoted to Brooklyn, you know, he was he was put on the DL for about two months, not that much long after. So we'll see if it was the injury that was kind of holding him back or the uh, talent level in Brooklyn holding him back, which would be not good for him if he's struggling in high A. And last but not least is the manager, and the manager is going to be a Mets-affiliated guy. Reed Brignac is going to be managing the Javelinas. Um, he's obviously the manager of the Rumble Ponies this year. He's very clearly being groomed to be the next Mets manager you know, in a couple of years when Buck steps aside. So giving him as much experience as he can get is good, I guess. Huh. So that's a lot of guys. Um, this roster is pretty bad. Not just the Met contingent, <laughs> honestly, but this, I think, might be the weakest AFL roster. Great. Um, like, looking at the whole thing, the only real prospects on this roster are uh, Jackson Merrill of the Padres. He's a shortstop. And then Robert Hassel, formerly of the Padres, who is now a uh, national after the Juan Soto trade. Like the rest of this, Mike Basel might be the best pitcher on this roster. Uh, Not good. St- Stanley Kutzenko might be the second best outfielder. Also not good. Mm. I mean, who who actually cares about um, uh, AFL winning percentage? But limited watchability here. I'm not even sure if we can watch the game. I'm, a, I'm assuming that they get broadcast, some of them at least, but I'm not really actually fully sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. Um, Are you guys at all surprised that they're sending Conseg... Con, I can't say the name. Conseg, Consuegra after him having missed a lot of time and then playing a lot relative to what he did this year before? Like... I'm I'm a little surprised that they're gonna give him more at bats and not say okay you you had a big jump in workload from previous year to this one. Um, Honestly, he needs reps. He yeah. needs reps bad. Yeah, that, that's true. I feel like that's more of a thing that you pay attention to with pitchers as opposed to position players where you know you can give them a couple of days off here and there. Obviously, you know everybody got Mondays off. You throw him another day or two off, you know, every couple of days, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's mentally, I guess, it's taxing, regardless if if you're getting a day off or not. But physically, like, you could play. I mean, how old? He, he's 22. He's 23. Come on. I wish I was 22, 23. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess he is the him, Christian Scott, and um. Mike Vassell, I guess, are the marquee names that the Mets are sending. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm intrigued, though, about Kevin Kendall. I really liked him when they selected him in the draft last year. It kind of sucks that he was hurt basically all of this year. I think that he has possibly utility player upside at the major league level. So, Yeah, sure. And I have no strong takes on Reed Brignac, managerial prospect. Yeah, I mean, even though he's been around for, technically he's been around three years. He was supposed to be the manager of the Columbia Fireflies in 2020, but that 
didn't happen. And <laughs> he he managed in St. Lucie last year and then Binghamton this year. I mean, I, I haven't gotten any sense really of him being good and or bad. You know, it's not how the, like, how the fuck are we supposed to evaluate minor league managers exactly? Winning percentage. Well, Okay. Well, I mean, in terms in terms of roster, you know, like when you have a roster, what they're doing with it, you know, certain managers became very infamous for doing terrible things with bullpens, for example, Wally Bachman. Ah, so, yes. <laughs> so there's, you know, there there are things that you could take away from just recapping games, watching games, whatever. And I really have not consistently sat down and looked over things enough to have one opinion one way or the other of, of Reed Bruniak. But I mean, he's 36 or 37, maybe 38. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that he's that young. Yeah. Feels like he was playing on the Rays 20 years ago. That <laughs> was like five years ago. I mean, a lot of his Rays contemporaries are, are managers themselves. So, What's Carlos Pena up to these days? That's a good question. Fox broadcast still. He was on uh, he was on Fox. I didn't know that. Or or MLB Network. He was doing some. Oh. He was doing some broadcasting. Unless I'm completely confusing him with someone else, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. But maybe I am. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, those are the players. Now, are there any? players that you think are not not snubs that's not a good idea but like are there any guys that you're surprised that weren't selected to be sent to the afl or that you wish they were sent to the afl or you're concerned that they're not uh i think there's an obvious one yeah i think so if it's the same guy that i'm thinking of that you're thinking of ken uh, is this the guy that you're thinking of too uh i think so can we get a oh. can we get a Where's Waldo out there for Matt Allen? <laughs> yep. Uh, Not good. No bueno. <laughs> he had ulnar transposition surgery back in January. So and the recovery time for that I believe was like four to six months. Yeah, that's not that's supposed to be a pretty quick recovery usually and We've heard nothing. Not he's throwing at the complex. He's working on the backfield. We've heard zilch. Mm-hmm. Not good. Means there's probably complications, and complications are not good, especially with the Mets. Yeah. I mean, the last, uh, again, we've, we've talked a lot about this. The last time they successfully rehabbed a Tommy John was Jacob deGrom. Yeah. Steven Matz, kind of. Yeah, Matz, I would say, is a is a success story. He's, he got there eventually. Right. Like, well, it let just me wasn't this like question. a uh, you know linear. <laughs> it was. Right, it was, was, a, was the last time the Mets had a normal Tommy John recovery. Zach Wheeler made it back and had complications. Steven Matz made it back but had complications. Matt Harvey actually didn't really have complications, I suppose. Um, like, he made it back pretty cleanly and then had TOS, which is an entirely, well, I mean, maybe there's some Separate. level of connection there. But, but yeah, that's the second worst injury, or no, probably the worst the injury you could have, yeah. And there's so a I, couple of guys I could think of right now that 
had Tommy John surgery and did not have complications necessarily related to Tommy John surgery, but at the same time, things did not go well either. Marcus mm-hmm. Molina, obviously, but I think that they're extending winning circumstances with his badness, so we could kind of throw that out. Marcus Molina legit might have the worst pitching mechanics I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but both these guys pitched this year. Um, one, Jordani Ventura, but he's injured again now, so... I don't know if that, I think, like, was Peck. I'm not really, I, yeah, I don't recall what the issue was, but, I mean, he came back from Tommy John, he was pitching for about three weeks or so, and then, you know, back on the DL for the rest of the year, so. And the other guy is um, Harold Gonzalez, but he was not good at all the season. Was it because there's just something wrong, or is it just because he kind it's of Harold always... Gonzalez. Right, yeah, like he's always on the bubble. Yep. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And then obviously last year or two years ago, whatever it was at this point, Jordan Humphreys came back, and then he also had the same issue with the Tommy John surgery and then needed the ulnar transposition. So, I mean, a lot of these guys that the Mets are having to get Tommy John are coming back with a lot of issues, and it is it's not good. A little sus. Little sus, yeah. Uh, is there anyone else though that you think you would have you you would have liked to have seen on in in the AFL? Let me think. Let me actually pull up their top our top twenty five from the start of the season. Uh... One guy I think is Ventura, like I mentioned, if if he's healthy, which mm-hmm. I don't know. So I kind of agree with that. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't see anyone else like that. I'd be really pounding the table for here. Um. Everyone is either like healthy or too hurt to even consider. So. <laughs> uh, but that. But that uh, Ventura. I mean, we, we went throughout the Allen thing. That Ventura hasn't been talked about here is also a little concerning. Um. And he's also a lower-profile prospect than Allen, of course, but you would have expected to hear something. But Right, it's just kind of like, hey, cool, he's back. He's back, and he's gone. And he's gone again. I didn't realize his, this is another guy I think I, I would have liked to have seen. I, he got put on the, D, on, the, on the injured list like at the end of August. I don't know how legitimate it was, you know, because a lot of times there's a lot of roster management stuff and whatever else going on but Keyshawn Askew I would have liked to have seen him if he's truly you know not injured but maybe he is I don't know didn't he have he had like a a something he pitched a reasonable number of innings though didn't he he pitched like maybe two months then he got hurt for maybe another two months and then he Mm. pitched basically if, if the season is you know six months basically he pitched the first two months he missed the middle two months and then he pitched the last two months. But his he he was always used very sparingly, very you know very light workload, all things considered. Yeah, I guess you're. They did use him like as a length guy or out of the bullpen a lot. So, yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I'm not 
super gung-ho about sending pitchers to the AFL in general, unless they're guys who desperately need any sort of reps like Allen or Ventura. If you just want a guy to do a little bit of extra work, send him to your complex for a week. And I think for pitchers, that's fine. Hitters, it's different because I think you need the in-game looks for hitters more than you do pitchers. You can get more development as a pitcher working on the side without a batter than you can as a batter working on the side without a pitcher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And at least as far as the Mets' offensive prospects go, I don't see anyone that I really think needs, needs more time. Like the only dude who missed the right amount of time and is the right amount of healthy now who could maybe go is Jake Mangum, but I don't think he needs to go to the AFL. Like, no, I mean, what's Jake Mangum getting out of the AFL at this point? Right, technically he would be, a, he he could be rostered now technically because anyone is applicable. But yeah, what are you getting? What is he getting out of any of it? One guy that I do think is another guy, and I know that this is. It kind of is the op- literal opposite, the rationale anyway, is literally the exact opposite of what you were just saying about pitchers. But there is a reason, I think, here. And that guy is one of your favorites, Junior Santos, who we were talking about before. I think that he's he's someone that I think could benefit from mixing with other players from other organizations and other coaches from other organizations because – conversations i've had with other the prospect people and i tend to agree none of these people think that the mets knows how to improve santos he has like characteristics from as a pitcher that are good but it just nothing seems to click and you know you you often hear about like you know guys will talk about you know like they'll they'll adapt a grip that some other pitcher shows them and all of a sudden it's just like hey this works for me too cool or or something to that effect you know, maybe he he picks something up while playing with you know and with with players and coaches from these other organizations, and it's that one missing link that the Mets just are not and have not been able to figure out. On the flip side, Junior Santos would uh, to bar, to borrow a popular parlance, get his tits lit in the AFL. Yeah, there's a good chance. ERA would be like seven. He wasn't that bad. Everything he gives up, everything is a rocket. Yeah, no, that is the problem, is that he gives up a lot of hits, and a lot of the hits are hard. But, yeah, I mean, outside of these couple of guys, it's like, I can't really think of anyone else. I don't think they have anyone that I'm particularly worried about protecting off the 40 that I want them to hide out of the AFL either. So this is not a deep segment of the Mets farm system, shall we say? Nope. I think the weirdest inclusion out of all these guys is Luke Ritter. Nothing against Luke Ritter, but. Yeah, that was a little, like, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, Luke Ritter, like, interesting. Everyone else, you know, Kevin Kendall, he's getting some at-bats. Consuegra getting some at-bats, okay. Uh, McIlwain, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of baseball experience, great. And then all those pitchers, you know, it's just a little bit of, of finishing, cool, because they missed some time. But Luke Ritter, it's just... 
what are you doing? But Luke Ritter is a Brooklyn Cyclones champion, so we'll always love him for that. Friend of the podcast. And and of course, shout out to his his partner in crime and missing buddy, Joe Genord. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. If anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken Lavin91. And Thomas is at Sad Met Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review. And of course, we thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. So until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs>